Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You have to believe that you can do something that nobody else has done. And somehow that concept has to become reality. Somebody's got to make the play to stop this draft. That last run, in fact, again, they push the pile for the first. You're listening to No Fly Zone Radio with Victor Green. Welcome to the No Fly Zone Radio Show, all the way from across the pond. Here are your hosts, Biff Sweeney and Richard Kinley. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Welcome to No Fly Zone Radio. This is number episode number 172. I'm your host, Biff Sweeney. Joined here by my draft tech and analyst and good friend, Rich Tilly. Uh, before we get underway, I have some news for the listeners. Uh, we are now part of the Sports Social Network podcast uh, site, so go look us up there. So we are now everywhere. How's it going, Rich? I thought I'd leave that surprise for you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> God, yeah. Uh, I suppose uh, this week, we kind of... Said what last week on the show where kind of what happened we if we had stopped any kind of mistakes on offense it was a game we won so it kind of feels like we get game we kind of gave away where we should have won uh, so yeah look, look things could be better I think there's a few things we're going to talk about as we 
goal like a lot of positives as well now to be fair but yeah just there's a few things I think so good was Ferdinand in that wider by the way <laughs> yeah um, yeah Jets lost 22 Jets look comfortable for the first quarter halfway into the second quarter then uh, start things start to get a bit shaky for the Jets um, a lot of mistakes on the offensive side of things with more more Zach Wilson than anybody else the offensive line um I thought they were letting through an awful lot of um, an awful lot of pressure on Zach, but Zach, um, like like um, Sam Darnold when he was with the Jets when he was seeing ghosts, he tend to run or take sacks, but like that um, Zach Wilson, the minute he felt a bit of pressure, he was legging it. Um, like there was an awful lot of mistakes from Zach Wilson. Like even the, the the interceptions were bad interceptions. Like he was throwing the ball away and threw it straight to a, a safety down the line. Now I personally thought safety his knee was out, but look, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, a lot of mistakes. The ball that shouldn't have been thrown. To be fair. Uh... I, I question it as well. Was he in? Was he out? And they didn't really show uh, anything conclusive in the replays either. To be fair, they just announced that yeah, he was in. But yeah, from the few replays that we did see, there still looked to have been a few question marks about it. Uh, I think uh, another thing I'd probably like to bring about is uh, how often he runs to the right. He's very, very predictable in that regard in terms of like setting up like a, a defensive game plan from that like if you kind of cut off that out shall we say he becomes even more one-dimensional and uh that could be bad moving forward but i suppose like while well, he did make a couple of like bonehead plays and things like that he made some very nice throws too and that was kind of the frustrating thing like had he have played a, a kind of mistake-free game, I think we probably would have won that by 10 points. Um, but he didn't. And he, he, like, in terms of, like, actual production, he increased his production uh, this week over the previous weeks where he was just barely throwing over 100 yards. I think he'd probably closer to 300, if not over 300 yards this weekend than last. Like, so, so over 300. Yeah. Like, uh, so, like... In, that regard, those are kind of some positives that he can throw. But then, yeah, he, for him to be kind of getting that yardage, there obviously must be a bit more risk because he's going to be throwing the ball a lot more. Uh, probably a good thing as well was Conklin. Really, really good this week. Uh, Wilson too. Garrett Wilson at wide receiver. But Conklin's starting to kind of come into his own. You even see CJ getting a, a snap or two there and getting a few targets as well. Did pretty good. So the tight end group looks to be uh, developing along in the game plan nicely. And, yeah, Wilson, like Garrett Wilson, you know, uh, I think he's going to be maybe getting another couple of hundred-yard games, hopefully moving forward. That would be uh, huge for him as a rookie. Like, I think, uh, you know, like 700 to 1,000-yard season as a rookie is probably what we're looking at this like stage, which is a really, really good start for a rookie wide receiver in the NFL. I know probably people be looking for over a thousand yards and yeah, he's a quality guy that could actually do that. But, you know, in terms of like where he is and what we've seen uh, with Brees Hall as well, for, like in terms of next year, like 
we've a lot of really, really good things to build on so far, even after that loss. And I think uh, Quinn and Williams, he's starting to perform like he was where he was supposed to be drafted. He's looking awesome. Like uh, we, well, me in particular, like I don't like to kind of crown anybody early, but like I do like a nose tackle. I do like a fullback and Quinn and Williams are starting to play like a, a guy that I'm going to like a lot. Like he could continue, like he was underwhelming for me for the first couple of years, but like this year, the guy's just exploding and uh, maybe it's the surrounding talent that's opening up things for him a bit more, but like, yeah, he's been immense, absolutely immense. Yeah, Rich, what's your, what's your thoughts on the John Flank, Franklin Myers um, roughing the passer uh, flag? Where the Jets got a pick six, pulled back for yeah, uh, roughing the passer. This is, I think, it's three games in a row now. He's after the cough for uh, roughing the passer flags. Well, yeah, I thought it was kind of a little bit harsh, if I'm being honest. Like, uh, now there was a couple of weeks previously where I was looking at some of the pass interfering call interfering calls against us, and I was like, oh, that's a terrible call. But then when I seen it in the replay, I could see. Clearly, one of the Jets guys was had a hold of the Jets, and like that is a pass interference. But yeah, like I think that call was kind of really, really borderline. To be honest, um, I wasn't kind of happy with that call. I think between that and the interception, that could have been in and out of bounds. I think between those two calls, uh, like like yeah, I don't think both of them should have went against us. Shall we say? I think we should have got the rubber the green on one of those there, and we didn't. Uh, well, look again. We kind of you can't kind of blame Franklin Myers either. Really, like when he'll look back, he'll feel that he didn't really do a lot wrong. But again, that kind of brings up my thing where, like, if you're going to be giving away a 15 yard penalty for that, you may as well pick the quarterback up and spear him into the ground. Like, make it worth your while, hurt the guy, because if you're going to be giving them 15 yard penalties away for that, then like literally absolutely explode into him and hit him properly with a tackle. You know, make the 15 yards worthwhile. Just tough, as I said, to have a touchdown wiped off. Like, that was a great interception. I think the whole the whole sort of uh, play itself, like how the coverage was looking and everything, uh, it was set up perfectly and we took advantage. And, yeah, it was just uh, a, a ref with an itchy uh, flag hand, I suppose, that cost us. But, again, like, that was a big difference because I think, uh, the Patriots went and scored three extra points, so there was technically a ten-point swing now at that. Um, so yeah, like we lost by five, and then I suppose when you add in some of Zach Wilson's mistakes on top of that, that cost us another couple of points. Like had we have played a perfect game where the refs were a little bit more in our favour, we could have won that by at least two scores, you know. And that's kind of the sad thing that we lost by five. Yeah, like for me watching Zach Wilson. He seems to want um, he seems to be wanting the big play every time he drops back. He wants the big play. Um I just I just can't understand why he um he can't pick the you know, the easy play. Like for instance, fourth quarter, um he had an incomplete throw. I think it was about fifteen yards out. Or maybe twenty yards out, he'd five yards, and the whole D line, the offensive line, just spread it like the, the like um, 
Moses spread the, the you know the Red Sea. He he had plenty of time to make five yards run with his feet, and then pick up uh, another three downs where he ended up looking for the big play. It's just he seems to be looking for that big play way too many times, playing hero ball, and I think he just needs to you know pull his neck back in a bit. Do you think he was trying to maybe prove something in with his previous two weeks with so low of uh, passing yards? And like, I think he was 110 one week and 124 the other, or something in around that pretty low. Uh, like, for me, that performance did kind of reek of like, well, I'm going to show that I can put up yards, you know? And um, yeah, like, and to be fair, he did put up yards, but he just, and he, like, some of the completions he actually made, when you look back, like that touchdown pass was a serious pass, like in terms of accuracy and weight of pass, all of it. Like that's a quality, quality pass. It's just those sort of, um, I suppose, the trolls where he's off balance, where he's thrown off his back foot. You know, like, yeah, the different passes to complete, but you still kind of think when you look at like that forced interception in particular, where he overthrew it off his back foot, even at that, that should still be kind of a completion. Like, it, you know, it, you shouldn't be sort of overshooting your your own sort of receiver there. If anything, you could be kind of playing it more of an alley-oop type of pass, the way you might see Mahomes do it, you know. And, yeah, I just think when it comes to, like, that, it's just about feeling when he's play a complete game. Yeah, the other thing is, what's your thoughts on his accuracy? Because... This year, I think, for me, his accuracy has taken a step back since he came back from his injury because there's an awful lot of throws where I'm seeing the the receivers are actually ahead of the ball and they have to reach back, where not last week, the week before, Denzel Mins nearly got broke up trying to catch a ball that was behind him. Um, I've seen it again this week where another receiver got pretty smashed because reaching back for a ball that was thrown behind him. I think kind of his accuracy is suffering uh, when he's not comfortable in the pocket, when he's not set. Like, I mean, when you actually think of what he's probably doing in training, he's going through a routine and maybe a three-step drop or a five-step drop, whatever it may be. So in games, which I don't think he will be too often because of, like, the protection around them, then, yeah, his accuracy is going to suffer. Like, uh, throwing on the run, your accuracy is going to suffer. All of those type of things. Uh, and then, yeah, backwards, again, your accuracy is going to suffer. So, like, yeah, it's 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 a tough call. Like, Because, of course, obviously, we're going to be looking at the quarterback and we're going to be judging him what he's playing like and is he going to be the guy, is he not the guy, all of that type of stuff. But, again, the reality is, like, Aaron Rodgers, us at the moment with that O line and run game and like how things are, would probably struggle to look really, really good too. It's just, yeah, you, you, nothing seems kind of set where you can really, really judge the guy yet. Like, yeah, we have more weapons, but they're kind of coming in and out. Brees Hall is a huge loss to the offense because Brees Hall is actually like the real deal. Like, we don't really have to wait around to see. Can he play in the NFL? We've already seen what he can do. And to be kind of losing that for the rest of the year is a huge loss. And it'll be a massive advantage when we get 
back together next year and he's fully fit and we're entering next season with kind of more realistic sort of playoff aspirations in terms of giving it a good run going far. But yeah, I think, uh, you know, like looking at it moving forward, that kind of O-line protection um, has to be kind of the number one requirement of improvement, like moving forward. You look at the defence, they're starting to come and gel together. Like even Joyner, I know he's not maybe the ideal guy back there, but he's he's shown his value. You know, uh, he, he he can be upgraded for sure, but like he's not really a major liability there because he will take in a few sixes or pick sixes and interceptions, pass breakups. He does all those things while making a couple of mistakes. So, yeah, like... Defence side of the ball looks really, really good so far, but just offence, I think getting that protection down moving forward has to be what we need, you know, to concentrate on still. It's not even the the, even the, um, the protection on the passing into the game. It's like creating holes for the running backs as well because there was basically no holes there the last couple of weeks. And like Brees Hall, when he, before he went down, he was finding his own... He was basically running on the outside, and um, I just they're going to have to find some way to protect the quarterback and create holes for running backs. Uh, um, James Robinson, when he came in, I seen a few snaps where he ran the ball and he looked okay, but then I looked at him and he, he popped off the screen to me. Was his pass protection? He reminded me of Blair Powell, uh, like. If you can have a running back that can protect the quarterback in pass protection, that's 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 good to have. Really good to have. Um so yeah, I was impressed with that. It's just I just can't, there's some things I can't get my head around when it comes to the offset offense. Like uh the offensive line should be doing better than what they're what they're doing, to be honest. Um um well, it's kind of makeshift too, Ian. Do you know what I mean? Like, and in a way, in some games, they're probably playing better than we expect. Like, when you, you think, look at what's there, do you think Zach is actually causing a bit of harm when he's legging out, uh, as you said, running to the right and off lot? He's not stepping up in the pocket. I think I was that as well there during the weekend that when he throws like uh, that kind of hurry up offense where he gets rid of a pass within two and a half seconds. He's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. Like I mean, as in top five uh, in the NFL. And then when he's got more time, he's kind of one of the most inaccurate. So like uh, I think the kind of the the crux of the post was about actually the play calling moving forward that we introduced more of those quick passes for him, you know, and uh, maybe where they're less risky. But again, that forces wide receivers to get open really quick. And then, yeah, probably to bring you on to my next sort of thought about the game the weekend was uh, the use of Elijah Moore. I think he had 10 snaps for the entire game. Uh, I don't think he was targeted. Um, so, yeah, like I think maybe he's got a bit of a road back uh, to being a part of the offense. What's your thoughts on that, Ian? Uh, can you hear me? I can hear you. You muted that. 
Sorry about that. Zoom's decided to do his own thing. Um, honestly, I don't know what's going on with it. With more like the the presser are asking him questions and he's like he's on camera scratching his head basically why why he's not getting the ball. Is he be- and like that I said it the last few weeks. He's too small to be on the outside against bigger cornerbacks. You need to play him in the slot. You need to use him properly, and I don't think the Jets are using him properly. So uh, I have a concern over that. I said last week they were going to use him in the slot a bit more. Didn't happen. I I don't know to be honest. Like like even when it came to the likes of Uzama, they're after taking their time breaking him into the the team as well, and like he's after having a big play there at the weekend at the weekend before that. I don't know. I am um, I'm like I'm scratching my head when it comes to more what's the story with him, what's going on. Why isn't Zach targeting him? Why aren't they putting him in the right place to succeed? Yeah, I think that's kind of the thing, really, at this stage of the season, is that when you are kind of running on bare bones as well, like you kind of do need your players put in the best position to succeed because, yeah, it's just maybe that one play for, on a tore down completion that can be the difference in the game. And like, look, I feel for Elijah more in terms of like missing out on targets and stuff like that. And maybe he sees that as him having like no impact on the team or whatnot. But like for them 10 snaps he was on, maybe he was an integral part of getting Garrett Wilson a bit more open so he could have a 100 yard game. Like, I think, you know, like it's a it, stats are kind of the be all and end all for a lot of people and players. And I like, get it. But there's a lot more to playing wide receiver than just catching the ball. If you're taking two defenders away, or you know what I mean? Like if you're occupying somebody that then opens up space for somebody else, then you're an integral part of that play and you are contributing just like you expect, I suppose, the, you know, the O-linemen to block when <laughs> they kind of need to block. It's the same thing. Like they might not show up on the stat sheet as been an integral part of a big 70-yard completion or a touchdown or whatever. But, yeah, without them and their protection, it doesn't happen. So I think, yeah, maybe, like, Jamal needs to maybe cut himself a little bit more slack and relax a bit and yeah. maybe ask those type of questions to his coaches, to uh, the quarterback, and, you know, see what they can do in terms of getting together to bring him back into being an integral part of the offense because... For the offense to be successful, he kind of does have to be integral, and he is the talent to be like open and you know like making yards after the catch and scoring crosses. He's the potential to be great on this offense. I think Davis as well. Like you look at the trio Wilson, him and Davis. Like you know, like while it might not be like wall beaters, the potential to have a really exciting kind of offense is there. Like they all kind of tick different boxes. They're all different type of wide receivers. As a trio, like they complement each other very, very well. And yeah, if we can get Zach protected, I kind of feel like that all three of them are capable of getting open quite a lot, along with our tight ends, along with our running backs. So yeah, like I think the pass game can improve dramatically with a little bit more protection and maybe the play calling been a bit more like up tempo and you know get passes out quicker. And here's another thing. With uh, Corey Davis out the last couple of weeks, uh, Mims, 
has got more snaps. And last week, I thought he'd done well. He bl- he blocked. He's out to block him on the last two weeks. Um, he had a big catch with um, you know, extra yardage. So yeah, I, I think it's it looks like it's a good thing for Mims that Davis is out, so he can get the extra snaps um, and a little bit more experience and more, you know, comfortable in the system. So I'm I'm happy to see him uh, because he's a guy that we picked in the second round, and you know a guy with a lot of talent. Yeah, look, he's he's got a lot of physical traits there that like, and you know, some of them are on display the weekend there, and you know, we kind of forget like that some people it just takes a little bit longer for it to be grasped, like a playbook or you know, what it takes to be a success and to get open in the NFL or to, like, cover somebody in the NFL from a cornerback's perspective. Like, yeah, there's a lot of guys coming in and playing to a high level from day one, particularly at wide receiver. And when that doesn't happen for somebody, they're automatically seen as a bust. But, yeah, like, he does look like he has the potential to, like, contribute in the offense, like, as a, a number four guy there on the depth chart, like, with what we have at the minute, like, he looks like he's a talented guy to have there as a as a number four, you know, and yeah, that's kind of what you want is him to be a little bit ahead of Barrios. Barrios to be a bit more of a gadget guy, special team guy, and and not be that sort of target per se, except for maybe screens and whatnot, you know. Um, so yeah, like the more Mims develops over the season, the better I think. Um, you know, he's a guy that's kind of coming close to the end of his rookie contract as well. There won't be like a fifth-year option because he was a second-round guy. So in terms of what he might cost to bring back, um, he could be very cost-effective like that. You could maybe get him back on a four-year deal at maybe four to eight million a year. And then over those four years, he develops into a superstar. Like, And you have somebody like really, really cheap on your roster that's playing well above what you're, 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 you're paying them, you know? So, uh, yeah, like... I guess the verdict's still not uh, completely out on Mims yet, but what he's done so far since returning, he's looked good. Yeah, after the season, he'll have another season on the trophy contract. Uh, this is only his third year. But like that, Rich, you go back 10 years ago and any receivers that were coming out in the draft, it was nearly taking them three years to click. Yeah, I like it. Like, we kind of do expect everybody to kind of like, you know, come in and perform from day one and label them a bust. But the reality is uh, there's a few guys out there that like do- does take a little bit of time for it to like just click. And when it does click, like, you know, they have these what are called breakout years. And yeah, you know, I think for Quinn and Williams is probably having that this year. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, Mims in future has the possibility to have that like breakout year because there was a lot of talent there when we drafted him. You know, like yeah. that's kind of the reality of it. He, he, and it wasn't just us that was looking at him that high. There was plenty of other teams that would have took him too. So, yeah, I think fair play to him. You know, he's keeping his head down and walking, and he's kind of getting back into the coach's favor. He's been given a few opportunities, and he looks to be taking it. So, like, hope it keeps going like that for him. Yeah, uh, just before I move on, just a quick message for Matt. Um, Matt, um, Sam Darnold is not coming back to the New York Jets, so I think you better get over yourself. Uh, okay, uh, moving on. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, the trades, right. The Jets brought in uh, James Robinson, uh, running back. They needed a bit of cover. Uh, he is solid. He's He doesn't have the breakaway speed that Brees had, but uh, yeah, he's decent enough. Uh, the other thing is, the Jets also sent uh, the Broncos, Jacob Martin, defensive end, uh, uh, and they received a uh, fourth round pick and the Jets also sent a uh, fifth round pick from for 2024. Now, the thing is, for me, when the Jets signed Jacob Martin, I didn't think he suited the defence. I, For me, he was an outside linebacker for a 3-4 defence. That's, that's, that's what I see. I, I just didn't see him being a 4-3 defensive end. Um, so get getting something back for a guy like that, it's 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 decent. The other thing is, um, JJ is due back this weekend. Yeah, like I suppose for me, like the the curious thing for me was how quickly we signed them in free agency. If you get me, like he he looked like he was one of our, our top targets because he kind of signed so early, and you know, when we were like, who is this guy? You know. We went looking and was like, all right, he'd five sacks for Houston and whatnot. And, you know, uh, he did kind of look more of a depth guy. And to be fair, like, we have got a lot of depth there. I think Huff is playing very well, even though he's not always showing up on the stat sheet. Quinn and Williams, as I said, like, like having a really, really good season, like a breakout year. You've got um, Jermaine Johnson, as you said, coming back from injury. I think maybe... They're going to like give him a few more snaps. Like obviously after the injuries tested and whatnot, but I think from here on out, when he does prove that he's fit enough, I think he's probably going to get a bit more of a opportunity to show what he can do. And then Lawson as well, like seems to be uh, coming along nicely. Um, you know, like I, but I, I think he could be a bit more effective if I'm being honest. But yeah, like he's um, shown what he can do, and again if it, comes to a case where you kind of don't feel that he's actually having a breakout season, but he's the type of player in the future that really could. And, you know, you could be looking at 15-plus sacks a year from a guy like him in next year. You know, that's kind of what you're aiming for. If you got Johnson starting to fire on the other side, Quinnen coming up the middle, Franklin Myers, or the other guy that we got um, I've been impressed with as well on the D-line is the guy that used to play for uh, New Orleans, is the Rankins, is that his name? I think uh, he he's shown uh, he's played yeah. a very, very good role in the offense there or the defense in terms of shutting down the run game. He seems to be really stout against that. And he seems to be showing up in terms of pressures. Right? Like I've seen him like getting close to the quarterback if he hasn't got him. He's been in and around like the sort of the area where he's making quarterbacks uncomfortable at the very least. So to see that coming from another guy like that, kind of a little bit unexpected. Thomas as well, again, is probably playing a little bit above what we thought he could bring, uh, given his history. You know, like uh, we seem to be rotating very well too, keeping the guys fresh. And yeah, like it kind of culminated against probably one of the weaker quarterbacks, in fairness, that we did face this year and the Patriots guy Jones. But, you know, we'd six sacks and it felt like we had a lot more pressures there too. And, you know, we looked like we had a really, really effective pass rush and it's kind of what you need to be successful in this league. So, yeah, I think Martin, although he did get a sack against the Patriots too, to be fair to him, and maybe that's what 
you know, maybe Dan Bossar as a replacement for Chubb. But yeah, um, I think it probably a good move in terms of moving up to the fourth round and swapping those picks while it might not look a lot. It's kind of probably all right for a guy that was potentially surplus to requirements here. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on to our next game. I think it's the toughest game we have so far uh, this season, and it's the Bills in MetLife Stadium. Um, personally, they're the best team in in the NFL at the moment. Um, they're just stocked everywhere. Uh, there's a few injuries, but I, I can't see us getting that now this game at all. I think they're just too they're too powerful at, at the minute. Would there be a chance in that they kind of underestimate us? You you know, like as in like that they kind of take their eye off the ball this week, as in this kind of uh, Jets team. Like I'm missing a lot of guys. We can kind of look past them. Uh, if that were to happen, like, because I do think, well, the Jets haven't been playing fantastically well as a team. Like, I still do think they have that determination and fight to put it up to Buffalo this week, despite all the things we've been talking about. So, um, yeah, like, I wouldn't be completely hopeless. Uh, and again, it's a divisional game. Like, we were probably favourites to beat the Patriots this week, and divisional game shows you just. Never know. Uh, I think probably my concern is the fact that it's a home game again. And if things do go kind of wrong early, will the fans stick with the team? Because, uh, again, I do think when it comes to the tour and fourth quarter, the Jets can come back and play and keep going to the final whistle and put that effort in. And, you know, even a close loss to Buffalo might not be the worst place for us to be. You know, like, obviously, you kind of want to be winning those games and, yeah, like if we got like maybe a 31-28 defeat to Buffalo and showed that we can compete with them and that, you know, that that's progress to me. So, yeah, like, be tough. But, yeah, I think we can kind of compete with them and how far that competition probably gets with us in terms of victory. Yeah, we might come up a little bit sharp, but you just never know any given Sunday. I get you. Um, for me, the defence, I'm not worried about the defence at all. It's the offence I'm worried about. I just don't think they're on the same mindset uh, on offense. They just don't seem to be clicking uh, between quarterback, offensive line, and the receivers. Um, I just, I just, I can't see the Jets doing anything at all in this game. Um, I think it could be two or three score loss. Um, defense, yeah, I think, I think the defense are going to do what, do their best, but just think the offense are going to. I think the offense again. They're just going to carry on from what they've done in the second half against the Patriots. I just, I just don't see it. But the, the t- also take you that the, the Jets are going in there kind of with nothing to lose. By that I mean, like if you're the defense of the Jets there and you've Buffalo coming to town after playing so well against the Patriots, like I mean, you must be really, really licking your chops at like the potential competition to show how good they are as a unit against a really, really good Buffalo offense. And then similarly, I suppose, when you look at the offense, like they've lost quite a lot of guys. Um, again, Corey Davis was missing. You've got more not really been involved. You kind of feel in a way the pressure might be off them. You know, like as in that not a lot of people would expect them to do much against this Buffalo defense. And 
with the pressure off and with a combination of a few nice and new play calls that are effective, uh, it could keep us like competitive. And yeah, again, that's the thing. Like those um, divisional games, sometimes form does go out the window, and we are due a, a victory against Buffalo. So I'm not like completely discounting it. We're due a victory against Pats. Thirteen games now, yeah, like, you know, in a row. Yeah, uh, like that, like six and two would have been fantastic. But like five and three is not the end of the world either. And no, you know, no. five and four. But like, yeah, obviously, I think six and three was probably my thought process and where I'd like to be. As in, we beat the Patriots last week, be six and two, and then that this kind of Bills game. You wouldn't mind losing it because you have a break to kind of recover after it, and you're still six and three. But no, yeah, there's probably a little bit more pressure on this game this weekend than pressure on the Jets to perform. Because again, like you know, even if you don't beat Buffalo, if you show you can compete with Buffalo uh, in a close game, the Jets again become a bit more relevant because Buffalo's blown out a lot of teams. You know? Yeah. The other thing is when it comes to the Jets, I had the Jets doing the double over New England this year. And I still think they should have done the double because they should have beat New England last week. But they ended up beating themselves. But I also said that the Bills were going to do the double over us this year. Um, I just think they're too strong. And try not to be negative, but after what I've seen in the second half last week and going into the Bills this week, it, it, it wouldn't have bothered me as much if we were going against uh, the likes of the Jaguars or something like that but we're going straight into the Bills this week so I think it's going to be tough the biggest thing is Zach Wilson needs to you know stop playing hairball and play with a bit of cop on I, I think as well Ian but uh, in terms of like it being the bye week it's probably the perfect game to kind of like go into the bye week because I think this Buffalo Bills game is going to show this team who they are, where they can go, what they need to do moving forward. So I think from that perspective, it will be a really, really good test for the Jets. And then they have kind of that bye week to maybe fix a few things or, you know, build on the good. Yeah. Anyway, we're running out of time. So for me, my prediction is the loss. Yeah, I think uh, it's probably going to be a loss too. I'll go 31-28 to, to Buffalo. I think we'll be close and competitive, but yeah, just probably come up a little bit short this week. I'm going to go with a two-touchdown loss. Um, okay, anyway. Running out of time, so it's a slot for me. And slot for me. Uh, uh, Sports Social Podcast Network.